Welcome to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. My name is Andrew James Brown and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cambridge, UK. Knowing that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely and that, therefore, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk, I hope that, on occasions, you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. It is human to have compassion for those in distress. A short thought for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of mindful meditation. In the dark and darkening days we find ourselves entering ever more deeply into, both geopolitically, environmentally and in terms of the season, a perennial question arises for a small community such as this one, which is attempting to offer the world a contemporary, creative, free spirituality or free religion. What the 20th century Japanese Unitarian, Imaoka Shinichiro Sensei, called Jiyu Shukyo. The question is, what of immediate benefit can be found by a person who seeks us out? But before I address that question directly, just to remind you, a few weeks ago, using Emma Okasensei's own writings, I defined Jiyu Shukyo as something in which, together, in community, people are able freely to interpret critically various religious beliefs and claims can find freedom from rigid authoritarian hierarchies, can freely incorporate diverse religious elements into their own and the community's faith and practice, and, as I so often talk about, can claim the all-important freedom to be tomorrow what we are not today. Okay, keeping this definition in mind, I think the best way of illustrating my answer to the question of what immediate benefit can be found by a person who seeks us out is found via a brief consideration of the Italian Renaissance poet and humanist Giovanni Boccaccio's famous work, The Decameron. Some of you will know I've brought this illustration before you a number of times since 2014. But since we have among us a few new members and attenders who won't have heard it before, the time seems right to bring it back firmly into view, lest it be forgotten. The year is 1348, and a terrible plague is running unchecked through Florence. And, as the Professor of Italian Literature Robert Pogue Harrison reminds us, quote, "...in the city civic order has degenerated into anarchy." Love of one's neighbour has turned into dread of one's neighbour, who now represents the threat of contagion. The law of kinship has given way to every person for himself. Many family members flee from their infected loved ones, leaving them to face their death agonies alone and without succour. And where there was once courtesy and decorum, there is now only crime and delirium. Unquote. To escape this horror, a group of seven young women and three young men decide to leave the city for two weeks and retreat to a secluded villa within a wonderful walled garden and there to engage in conversation, leisurely walks, dancing, storytelling and merrymaking, 
all whilst taking care not to transgress the codes of proper conduct. What could be more different from the horrors of Florence than this garden sanctuary? However, as Harrison points out, quote, While their escapade is indeed a flight from reality, their self-conscious efforts to follow an almost ideal code of sociability during their stay in the hills of Fiesole are a direct response to the collapse of the social order they leave behind. In that respect, their sojourn is wholly justified by Hannah Arendt's standards when she says, Flight from the world in dark times of impotence can always be justified as long as reality is not ignored, but is acknowledged as the thing that must be escaped. Unquote. Now, a particularly striking element of Boccaccio's story is that at the end of their sojourn, the seven women and three men do not decide to remain safely within the walls of their sanctuary, but to return to the fray in plague-swept Florence. We may take it, therefore, that their temporary flight was undertaken with the aim of restoring to them some real inner and outer strength, so they might be able to continue to uphold and promote the kind of values that are the very salt of human existence. Values that then, and alas now, are so in danger of being thrown out and trampled underfoot. Values such as those listed by the French philosopher Michel Onfray. Quote, Friendship, love, affection, tenderness, sweetness, thoughtfulness, delicateness, forbearance, magnanimity, politeness, amenity, kindness, civility, attentiveness, attention, courtesy, clemency, devotedness, and all the words carrying a connotation of goodness. Unquote. Our religious community's history, as part of an extensive liberal Enlightenment humanist tradition, one which includes Boccaccio, of course, has constantly served to remind us that to be human means to be vulnerable to misfortune and disaster. And this, in turn, means we have remained acutely aware that periodically we all find the need to withdraw and to be in need of help, comfort, distraction or edification. We have come to know too that our condition is for the most part an affair of the everyday, not the heroic. And we know that our minimal ethical responsibility to our neighbour consists not in showing anyone the way to redemption, but in simply helping them to get through the day. It strikes me that without shutting out reality, within the walls of this small sanctuary on Emmanuel Road, as within the walls of the Villa Palmieri in Fiesole, we too can be a genuine place of humanisation in the midst of, or in spite of, the forces of darkness that now seem to be surrounding us everywhere. In practising Jiu Shukyo, we too are making self-conscious efforts to follow an almost ideal code of sociability so that we can genuinely help keep our interactions with each other pleasurable through wit, decorum, storytelling, fellowship, conversation and courtesy and always be adding to the pleasure rather than the misery of life. 
It is through the practice of Jiyu Shukyo that we are, I think, well-placed to offer this kind of support to people without feeling the need to become moralists, zealous reformers or would-be prophets. We can offer people this support without being especially preoccupied with human depravity or humanity's prospects for salvation. And we can offer this without any need to harangue people from any self-erected pulpit of moral, political or religious conviction. Consequently, I have real faith that in our own dark times, our light on a lampstand giving light to all in the house may be able to be seen in the way we are able to send people back out into the world each week, confidently able to display in their own daily lives the kind of simple, civil humanism of neighbourly love, which was beautifully expressed in Boccaccio's own maxim, that it is human to have compassion for those in distress. So when someone next asks you, what's the point of coming here on a Sunday?, you now know how to answer. Our continuing task is always to be ensuring that this answer we give is true and not mere self-delusion. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path.